There have been 284 days in 2021 so far, and this is the 285th. What a time to be alive! I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a regular look and listen to what's happening around virtual meeting tables in the area in and around a particular geographic area. On today's show, the Charlottesville City Council and the Planning Commission spend two hours asking questions about the comprehensive plan in advance of tonight's public hearing. Albemarle's Board of Supervisors gets an update on transportation projects, and a new tenant signs on for a new office building in downtown Charlottesville. It's time now for a new Patreon-fueled shout-out. Charlottesville 350 is the local chapter of a national organization that seeks to reduce dependence on fossil fuels. Charlottesville 350 uses online campaigns, grassroots organizing, and mass public actions to oppose new coal, oil, and gas projects and build 100% clean energy solutions that work for all. To learn more about their most active campaigns, including a petition drive to the Richmond Federal Reserve Bank, visit their Facebook page at facebook.com slash 350 The summer and September COVID surge in Virginia continues to wane, but community spread continues. The seven-day percent positive rate has dropped to 7.8%, and the seven-day average for new cases is now at 2,443. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are 205 new cases reported, and the percent positive rate is 5.8%. There have been eight more fatalities reported since October 4th. The Blue Ridge Health District will have a town hall tomorrow night, and one of the topics will be vaccination in pregnant people. Register in advance, in a link in the newsletter. Today is the last day to register to vote in the November 2nd election, which is three weeks from today. Local registrars will take in-person registrations through 5 p.m. Registrations submitted via mail must be postmarked with today's date in order to be accepted. You can also register online up until 11.59 p.m. You will need an ID issued by the Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles in order to register in that fashion. The last day to request a mail-in ballot is October 22nd, The last to vote early in person is October 30th. Charlottesville's Office of Voter Registration will have additional hours on October 23rd and October 30th. There are several makeshift memorials to people who have died in crashes on 5th Street Extended in Charlottesville. Yesterday, a city-sanctioned memorial to Quintus Brooks was unveiled with a family ceremony. Brooks died on October 1st, 2020, and yesterday would have been his birthday. This is part of a new city application for such memorials. Charlottesville has hired a Nevada firm to provide pest control services in two prominent city locations. In September, the city sent out a request for proposals for a firm to provide pest suppression for the 135,000 square feet of the downtown mall and the 30,000 square feet of the corner. Here's a bit from that request. The contractor will be responsible to provide a program to control rodents such as, but not limited to, rats, mice, squirrels, snakes, all insects, roaches, flies, bees, ants, including fire ants, cockroaches, moths, crickets, silverfish, all spiders, and termites. Pest Master Services of Reno has been awarded the contract. 
These areas include outdoor dining spaces, including locations where tables are set up near tree wells. Another tenant has been announced for the new 323 building in downtown Charlottesville. General Atomics Commonwealth Computer Research will lease just under 50,000 square feet in the building. Here's a description from the company's website. With projects ranging from optimizing the world's largest container port to predicting future asymmetric warfare events, CCRI has no shortage of experience in diverse client expectations. The 323 building is being developed by Insight Properties and marketed by Cushman and Wakefield Tallheimer. A press release describes the building as a five-story office building on top of a four-story, 200-space parking garage. There's about 27,000 square feet left to be leased in the 120,000-square-foot structure, according to leasing agent John Pritzlaff. McGuire Woods and Manchester Capital are already in their spaces, and the law firm Williams Mullen is starting to build out now. Tonight, the seven-member Charlottesville Planning Commission and the five-member Charlottesville City Council will hold a public hearing on the Comprehensive Plan, the second task performed by Roadside and Harwell as part of the Seville Plans Together initiative. That includes a future land use map which increases residential density across most of the city. Yesterday, the elected body and the appointed body spent two hours asking questions about the plan. Councillor Lloyd Snook went first. A common criticism, which I personally believe to be based on ignorance, but I'd like to hear um, a, a, a more full discussion of it, that the future land use map and that the, the, the suggestions of likely higher density have not taken into account either in any way, if you look at one batch of emails, or in an inadequate way, if you look at another batch of emails, not taken into account the effect of the University of Virginia, the effect of the student population, the distorting effect on the poverty data of uh, the student population. Jennifer Koch with Roadside and Harwell said her team began their work based off of a housing needs assessment that was conducted in 2018 by the Form-Based Code Institute and Partners for Economic Solutions. And there was, a, I think, a fairly robust discussion in that document about how uh, students, um, you know, may or, or may not, um, you know, play into various, um, you know, impacts on affordability in the city. Well, I would say the other way we are looking to uh, include considerations for students in this plan is, or one of the other ways I should say, is in looking at potential uh, intensity near UVA, intensity of development. For example, um, Jefferson Park Avenue, uh, Fontaine Extended area. Um, we've, we've looked at, uh, we've included additional intensity in those areas. Uh, we've um, include a discussion of potential additional intensity in those areas as we move through zoning. The first step in the Seville Plans Together initiative was adoption of an affordable housing plan. The next step after adoption of the comprehensive plan will be a rewrite of the zoning code. As for UVA housing, the university is working on an initiative to identify space on land it or its real estate foundation owns to build up to 1,500 below market units. In September, a top official at UVA told the Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership that the work is slightly behind schedule. 
Other topics covered at the two-hour meeting included assumptions about population growth and the links between increased density and affordability requirements. Watch the whole thing in advance of tonight's hearing, which begins at 6 p.m. Time now for a second Patreon-fueled shout-out. Fall is here, and with it, more moderate temperatures. While your HVAC takes a break, now is the perfect time to prepare for the cooler months. Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round. LEAP offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. So, if you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. At their meeting tomorrow afternoon, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors will get an update on the Rio Corridor study, an effort to reshape the public realm along Rio Road on stretches of the roadway in Albemarle's Places 29 Rio growth area. Opponents of recent rezoning applications in the area have cited transportation concerns for why the Board of Supervisors should vote against more intense residential density. But last week, the Board of Supervisors got an update on other transportation projects from Kevin McDermott, a planning manager in Albemarle. Though the applications are not due until next summer, work is underway for the next round of SmartScale projects. That refers to a funding mechanism used by the Virginia Department of Transportation. Right now, the top candidates that the Charlottesville-Albemarle Metropolitan Planning Organization might submit are a roundabout at District Avenue and Hydraulic Road, Avon Street corridor bicycle and pedestrian improvements between Druid Avenue and Avon Street Park and Ride, 5th Street extended multimodal improvements between the future and funded 5th Street Trail Hub to Harris Road, the Rivanna River Bike and Pedestrian Bridge from South Pantops Boulevard to the Woolen Mills area, and right now the possible candidates that Albemarle County might submit are Avon Street extended multimodal improvements from Mill Creek to Paragory Lane, 5th Street extended bicycle and pedestrian improvements between Albemarle Business Campus and the Southwood community, U.S. 250 corridor improvements between Peter Jefferson Place and Hanson Road, U.S. 250 Route 22 and Milton Drive intersection improvements, Belvedere Boulevard and Rio Road improvements, the extension of Hillsdale Drive and a realignment from Mall Drive to Rio Road, the U.S. 250 West interchange with U.S. 29 and 250, and intersection improvements at U.S. 250 West and Crozet Avenue. Albemarle has recently turned in an application for VDOT revenue sharing funds for Eastern Avenue South, a project that has been in the Crozet Master Plan since it was adopted. Here's Kevin McDermott. That goes from um, the West Hall area across Licking Hall Creek to Quarry Farms and connects to US 250s. In most cases, it takes several years for transportation projects to go from project approval to construction. A project to upgrade the intersection of US 250 and Virginia Route 20 at Pantops was funded in 2018, the third smart scale round. 
That was uh, a smart scale award from 2018. They are currently in design for that. We will be hopefully seeing some um, construction out there in about two years or so. Another revenue sharing project is to extend Burkmar Drive to Lewis and Clark Drive, which would complete a north-south roadway parallel to US-29 from Fashion Square Mall to the University of Virginia's North Fork Research Park. We've got a lot of uh, economic development going on up there, a lot of new development. It also provides that uh, parallel facility to 29, so it can take some of that traffic off of 29 and remove it from some of those intersections that are uh, experiencing delays, like Airport Road and 250. McDermott said construction of that project is expected for 2025. Supervisor Donna Price of the Scottsville District noted the length of the report, as well as its detail. I really appreciate the way you explain some of these so that it, it differentiates between a study and a proposal. We get a lot of communications from people in the community that says something to the effect, I can't believe you're even considering, but when we're looking at transportation, if you don't look at the various options, then you're really kind of going in with a narrow-minded approach. And so we really appreciate, I think if I can speak for the board, we appreciate your wide approach at looking at all the different possibilities before narrowing down what really appears to be the best course of actions. More transportation news coming up in future installments of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But that's it for this installment of the program. Thank you so much to everybody who listened, and thanks to everybody who is helping to support this program and to keep my lights on, literally. I do this program each and every day because I really believe that getting this information as often to you as possible is important. I know a lot of folks uh, can't read every single one, but of course, uh, the stuff has to get produced because there's so much going on in this community. And the whole point of this program is to try to bring as much of it to you as I can as often as I can. And with that in mind, I would just say that you can help to support the program by subscribing through Substack, and the company Ting will match that. There is also a special offer that is coming up where you'll be able to get a few things. I did not actually write that down in the copy today, but you will be able to see it in a link in the newsletter. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of the program, thanking you again for being here, and I would just like to say, stay safe and see you next time. Thank you.